This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. It's betting the ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, everybody, welcome to another edition of Betting the Ponies right here on the Bet Rivers Network. We are just over a week away from the first Saturday of May, the Kentucky Derby, the race that Moose and I have been preparing for throughout this podcast and beyond, and I welcome Moose in. Moose, this is like that weird podcast that we do a week before we break down the Kentucky Derby where we look for some quality races, and a lot of the races are a little quiet this week, and we will go through four races, but Moose, we're just about there maybe the best betting race of the year, the Kentucky Derby, just around the corner. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, I, I this is unbelievable. Like, if you're a racing fan, like, we're on the, the precipice of basically the beginning, and that is next week, where I'm talking about where you have great stakes action each and every week, you know, coast to coast, west coast, down south, east coast, obviously where you and I are both based. Uh, you're in Jersey, I'm up in Connecticut. Uh, and it all begins next week because next week is the lead up. You'll have the draw. You'll have Derby week. You'll have Oaks Day Friday. You'll have Great Stakes action Friday. You'll have Great Stakes action Saturday. Then it's the build up to the Preakness down in Pimlico. You'll have Great Stakes action there. Then you'll have obviously the Belmont Stakes and uh, the Thursday, Friday, Saturday Great Stakes action there. So um, it's going to be an unbelievable time. This is what horse racing fans love. They really do the spring into the summer, then the summer into the fall. We're at base. We're on the precipice. We're on the edge here of why we all love, why you and I love, and we love doing this podcast on Bet Rivers, but why we love horse racing because it's an opportunity to make really a good chunk of change and a good amount of money if you're smart with your money uh, and smart with your picks. And and I'm coming off a heater last week where I actually picked two winners. You did. So, I mean, as my dad would say, you know, crawl before you walk, walk before you run, right? So I was staggering out. I was stumbling. Uh, the, my claim to fame, I was, I was getting my chops busted the other day when I was at the Madison Square Garden for Rangers and Devils uh, for game three of that game four of that series um, was nice job handing out a two to five winner and Pippi Longstocking at Tampa. And I said, thank you very much. I mean, beggars can't be choosers. That was from the great Chris Majikowski. Um, I said, thank you very much. I appreciate that match. So, uh, but I did have two winners last night. They weren't long shot like Monzo's pick, but I was happy to have two winners. And now I'm excited because Derby week is almost upon us. We're going to be betting some Churchill and handicapping some Churchill downs races today, picking some names, running through some Derby races. Next, Derby horses later on in the podcast. This is a great time. You know, the thing about the Kentucky Derby that's great is the pool is so big for that race that if you get lucky, even if you hit the chalk on top with a big shot underneath, you're looking at triple digits, maybe even a four-digit exacta. So if you're a novice horse racing player, this is the race to get involved and you can make a lot of money, Moose, with a minimal amount of money, uh, you know, bet. Well, that's what makes – well, but see, that's that's it. Like, people are like, well, why do you like thoroughbred racing? My answer would be is, why not? Because you have an opportunity to turn a little into a lot. 
That's really what isn't that why you play the lotto? I mean, if you do, when you see Mega Millions Powerball when they're 150, 200 million dollars, I'm not telling you you're going to walk out of the track, you know, Churchill Downs necessarily with that kind of money. But Monzo, you hit upon it when you're looking at paramutual wagering. So that's different than everything else. Like you're you're not betting against a book. You're betting against your fellow handicapper and the the amount of pool, the amount of money that is in that pool and how it's going to be split out after the track takes out their necessary amount on any given bet. So you can bet pick fours, you can bet pick fives, you can bet exactas, you can buy bet trifectas. The thing about the Kentucky Derby and really all races on Derby Day is the quality of the fields, the value you will get on really good horses. That's the other thing as well, because some horses will be overbet based on human connections. Some horses will be overbet just based on what they've done in the past. But if you're smart with your handicapping, you can find really good value in it, the horses, and you can find unbelievable value in the Kentucky Derby where you'll have horses that maybe are a long shot but should not be going off at 65 or 75 to 1, but they will next Saturday or a week so next week. Next week, we'll bring you all the races on Kentucky Derby Day. We'll give you some picks maybe even for the Friday races if we have time. Uh, if not, we'll definitely do that on social. And we'll have Kenny Peck, our old friend from a daily racing forum, to go through the Kentucky Derby field with us. Top to bottom, 20 horses. He's one of the best. He can go awesome. through. He's great. And I'm looking forward to that. And Moose will be going through that next week. This week, and this is what I envision, uh, Charles, uh, Churchill Downs opens this weekend. Yeah, uh, the end of the spring Keeneland meet, and what I like about Churchill is they have the late night racing occasionally, especially on Saturdays. Races kick off and post times are nine o'clock, nine thirty, ten o'clock. And what I envision is Moose sitting home in his boxer briefs, a couple of a uh, couple of Hennessy's, his clits kind all over him, betting the maiden seventh race at Churchill <laughs> up in Stamford, Connecticut. You really have oh, a high opinion. Get off me! I'm, I'm I'm betting the seventh here. <laughs> You're you're really have a high opinion. First off, I can't pull off boxer briefs, so they're just boxers recouping from a meal at the little pub. <laughs> little pub, great spot. Messes with your stomach sometimes, though. Uh, so this week. <laughs> <laughs> no, I will no. Saturday night, I'll, yes, I'm looking forward to the races. I got to take the kids to little league on Saturday. Looking forward to that. Um, and then uh, a little lacrosse game Saturday morning for Jackson, and then uh, a little Saturday night racing at Churchill Downs. I do love the night racing. I do. And I mean, Churchill Downs is an epic track. If you've never been, you got to go, but you really got to go in and around the Derby. That's when you got to go. It's just um, an amazing atmosphere. You don't have to be the biggest racing fan. If you want to watch stars, all the stars will be at athletes will be there, actresses, actors. Um, it's a it's a, a tremendous event, and they've they've invested a lot of money in remodeling Churchill Downs as well, as you'll see uh, in eight nine days from now. So we're going to go through the last four races on Saturday. The late pick four uh, Churchill Downs starting at nine o'clock Eastern, Moose nine o'clock Eastern Saturday night. Uh, a nice four race, uh, you know, pick four late. Starting with a maiden special race, a mile and a quarter on the dirt at Churchill. Buck 20 uh, is the purse. Not a huge field, but a, a favorite that at 8-5 to five on the morning line for Chad Brown, Florent Giroux, in peak popularity, Moose. Uh, adds blinkers. Buyer speed figures are good. But this horse is 
bounced around a little bit in terms of what they're trying to do with the horse. The horse debuted at Saratoga, ran okay, going six and a half furlongs on the dirt. They put this horse in a, a relatively cheap maiden race on the turf at Tampa. Doesn't do too much here. Uh, they moved to the really long mile and a quarter uh, shoot at uh, Churchill. Uh, Eight to five. I, I, I'm confused on the morning line here, Moose. I, I can't imagine this is the horse you leaned on. No, it's not. That's the horse I'm avoiding. I landed on Raggedy Sand. That's who I landed on. I, you know, we, you and I, when when Union Rags was running, we were fans of of Union Rags. The three to one on the morning line. Uh, love Barry aboard. Um, I just like where the way that this horse is progressing at three to one. I want no part of eight to five on peak popularity. I get the human connections. It's Chad Brown. I get the fact that they spent $435,000 on the horse. You always pay attention, Monza, when you're handicapping in terms of equipment change. The blinkers are going on. Uh, son of Mendelssohn, who, you know, was a very, very talented horse a number of years ago. Uh, Florent Giroux aboard. No, I'll pass. Give me Union Rags. Um, you know, it's got, if you look at, if you're going to look at breeding, Number one, Union Rags could run all day out of Dixie Union. You look at the dam side, Island Sand out of Tabasco Cat. Tabasco Cat was a you know was a, a champion for D. Wayne Lucas, a horse that could go out there was a little ornery of a horse, but could go out and and run all day. Used to be run by uh, Pat Day, um, and so you look at this one second second race off the layoff, mile and a sixteenth, ran at the fairgrounds, um, ran well, Flavian Pratt aboard, finished second. Um, I think this, this I think this horse, this three-year-old, wants distance. More distance, the better. Bread for it. Give me raggedy sand, a three-to-one on the morning line um, in race seven, and that is uh, the five in race seven, Churchill Down, Saturday night. Yeah, I'm on Medallia forever. Uh, the two-horse, eight-to-one on the morning line. Luis Saez gets the call here. And, you know, what I like is two back. They brought this horse uh, on his second run to Gulfstream, and it was favored, and he ran pretty well, hung a little bit, was wide. And I think what Luis Saez now is going to do is just go to the lead. He's going to go. That's what this. That's what that rider does. He's going to go to the lead and try and put these horses away. But there's no other speed in this race. If you look up and down the field, you know maybe the reason P popularity is getting the blinkers is to go to the lead. But I don't know that. Uh, the horses typically closed really from far back. Now I know Mendelssohn had a lot of speed, the sire, uh, but I just think Saez is going to put this horse on the lead, uh, try and put everybody to sleep behind him, which isn't you know, really easy on the dirt. But I think if he controls the pace up front, there's going to be no one pressuring him. So Medallia forever, 8-1 to in the morning. I see a lot of value for a good rider, good trainer, out of a good sire. So Luis Saez, Medallia forever, 8-1 to on the morning line. I'll use your horse, Raggedy Sand, as well for everything you said, and I think the distance fits as well. Uh, so those are my two. I think you can get a nice priced exacta, 8-1, to 3-1, to one, especially if the favorite peak, po- peak popularity doesn't hit the board most. Yeah, I'd run the, I'd, I'd also play the 7, Corsini, 5-2 to two on the morning line for Brandon Walsh and Tyler Gaff-Leon, uh, son of hard spun. I think the distance uh, is going to help him from breaking from the outside. The buyer speed figures fit 62-65. I think it'll improve third, sta- third start of his career. Um, so I would also, and he's five to two on the morning line, but I do like that exacta. Um, and I think they're putting the blinkers on peak popularity to get him to break. If I had to venture a guess, like, and not necessarily break where he has to go right to the lead. 
I think the fact that he's not breaking and fall, fall, uh, falling so far back, I think they're maybe fo- maybe they're looking at that he's got a little bit of an attention or focus issue. That's why I think they're putting the blinkers on. I could be wrong. I mean, they could be putting him on to where he breaks right to the lead, but clearly early turn of foot is an issue for peak popularity. Well, if, if that's your angle, then that's even more of a reason why I'm not playing that horse at 8-5 to five, if, they're, if they're worried about a bad break. Well, no, I'm, I'm, but I'm. But you look at his starts. I mean, he broke ninth in his last race on the turf. Was ten lengths back. Um, you know, even in a speed race up at Saratoga at six and a half furlongs last August. You know, was you know fifteen to one that day. Um, you know, and and that was a Chad Brownie, Chad Brown trainee, and and broke sixth and was trailing by six lengths, and then really never improved his position throughout the course of the race. Yeah, unless something's completely changed. I think you're just betting the human connections with peak popularity. I would never touch them at 8-5. to five. The second race of the pick four sequence on Saturday night is the 8th at Churchill. Uh, an allowance optional claiming $80,000. Five and a half on the turf, Moose. And going up and down this field, the one thing I noticed, and if you're going to play racing based on handicapping and how races go, a lot of speed in this race. Quick Money likes the lead. Mirth and Merriment likes the lead. Awesome Treat likes the lead. Parents Pride likes the lead. Atlantic Strike likes the lead. So what does that mean? That means I'm looking for a horse coming off the pace. If all these horses are going to bolt and go for the go for the front, go for the front end, pressure each other, I'm looking for someone that's going to be sitting a few lengths off that can pounce. And the the horse that really stands out to me at a nice price too is the two Frozen Solid ten to one on the morning line out of Frosted. He's run really well on the turf uh, going back to March of last year. Three races this year, very solid in each of them. That was last race. Uh, you know, no kick down the stretch. Maybe he just didn't like Keeneland, a uh, little bit of a better field. But to me, uh, Junior Alvarado runs really well uh, on turf sprints. 10-1 uh, to one on the morning line. Uh, I like a horse coming off the pace. And the reason I'm not a big fan of the inside horse is... Yeah, why not no to Bene? Uh, well, first off, look at, look at the running line. It just doesn't like to win. And two for 16... With good dry, good riders, uh, in okay fields, took a while the breaks maiden. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stick away from a horse at a short price that doesn't often hit the finish line. Frozen Solid is two for six. Uh, loves this distance. Really good on the turf. Uh, you know, ten to one over five to two with you know somewhat similar buyers. Give me that any day. Yeah, I landed. Uh, you know, I that's who I landed on, uh, which was the the one note to Ben A. Uh, five to two on the morning line. I agree with Monzo's assessment in terms of one and a horse from coming off the pace. I just like Saez is a great finishing jockey. We know that Ian Wilkes as well. Um, son of uh, declaration of war. I just think he's going to get the pace to run at. And I get that he doesn't like to win. Maybe Saez changes that when you're looking at this one. I know he's ridden him two times. He's ridden fifth and second. He's coming back third start of the layoff. It's five and a half furlongs. You're looking at the distance. One for eight at the distance, but you look at it, it's coming the money five of those eight times. Only ran, this is the fourth time he's running at Churchill Downs, has one second uh, in that running. I do think the five and a half furlong suits him better than, say, if it was a five furlong race. That's who I landed on top. Nota Bene uh, is who I'm going to use on top in this race. Any of the speed horses stick out to you? I kind of like, you know, a little bit. I mean, Parents Pride, I think rightfully two to one on the morning line. The horse that I kind of like a little bit of a price is I would use Atlantic Strike, um, the nine, six to one on the morning line. And the reason why is I don't know if Atlantic Strike necessarily needs to go to the lead. He has um, or she has in the past. 
I don't think she necessarily needs to go to the lead in this race. I think the buyer speed figures fit. Uh, I know it doesn't have really uh, only one race at this distance. Much of the racing has been on synthetic um, as compared to the turf racing. But I like the fact breaking from the outside, Machado aboard. I would use Atlantic Strike 6-1 to one on the morning line. The ninth race, the third race of the pick four sequence, is the Roxlana Overnight. Uh, six furlongs on the dirt moose at Churchill. Big favorite. Frank's Rockette draws the inside three to five on the morning line. Last leaf is your two. Praise and honor. My destiny. Pretty birdie. Kapalia. Uh, pretty decent field. Very short favorite in Frank's Rockette, who I'll tell you this about Frank's Rockette, who has been running for a while now, the six-year-old mayor. I thought she was regressing at one point. And if you look at her buyers, she's gotten better as she's gotten older. Um, I thought we were seeing a horse that was coming to the end of her racing career, and boy, was I wrong. And she's gotten really good. Debuted this year, six and a half furlongs on the dirt at Gulfstream, only yeah. win by eight, eight lengths. So this horse again, is just, you know, for your trainer, Bill Mott, looks great. Yeah, you don't know. spend much time on this race. Yeah, well, I've got to be honest. I went elsewhere. I did look. I did find a horse that I liked. You liked. did. Yes. I, I, well, I, I mean, I, I think Frank's Rockette is. I think she's too good. Well, I, 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 I think. Do. Listen, here's what I'll, I'll use the rail. You're making an argument for outside of Frank's Rockette in this race. I want to let like, me guess. I like, Can I guess? Yeah, I'd love you to. Copelia. No, no. I like I like the four. My destiny. Uh, Ray Luke Gutierrez. Uh, the speed figures are, are solid. Uh, the horse has run four times this year. Has run really well each time. I just think you're looking at a horse that likes to win. Eight for twenty-one has run well at Churchill. Uh, you know, has run well this year. Loves the dirt. Has if it rains, it's okay. Uh, I just think at ten to one. But let me ask you this: yeah. How much of a regression do you need from Frank's Rocket for my destiny? Oh, I think it's not. It's not so much a regression. I think it's the trip, drawing the rail. You know, there could be some traffic. Uh, it's not a super long race where you have to navigate your ship, but a six furlong race, if you don't break well or if there's some traffic, you're going to be in trouble. Uh, no, I, I understand, but I would agree with that if it's a big field. There's only six horses in the no, race. No, I know. I just think. So I, is, my, is my destiny one of those picks where it's like two, like my dad, my, like, you know, my dad, the great Paul Malusis would say, you put two and two and, and maybe you get a little lucky, or do you like, like my destiny to where you're putting 20 across the board? I would put 20 to win. That would be my plan. Okay. My, uh, and I, what are the right odds you need from my destiny? 10 to 1 or higher. Okay. So if my destiny is 6 to 1, you're not betting her Saturday night? No. No. Uh, you know, if, if, if she's 6 to 1, that means Frank's Rockette probably dipped up a little bit. So if Frank's Rockette dipped up to 2 to 1, then, you know, then, then, you know, we have a situation where I'm betting the best horse at 2 to 1. But at 10 to 1, I will bet my destiny in this race, knowing that, as the great Brad Thomas would say, there's probably a 5% chance that my destiny wins the race, but I'll take 10 to 1 at 5, you know, at 5%. Yeah, no, I, I get it. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, like, I don't so you hate would, you. Or, you you or, would single Frank's Rockette in the pick four is what you're saying. I would. I, I just don't, I, if you were telling me this was a 10-horse field, if you are telling me that there was a, another horse I think could, could go with Frank's Rockette, if you're telling me that, you know, he gets buried, doesn't... I mean, things can happen. Listen, Frank's Rockette might not break from the gate. Uh, she might not break from the gate. So, and, you know, and then all of a sudden the, the race looks and the complexion of the race looks completely different. I just... Sometimes, like, I, I, got, I catch myself where I'm trying to find somebody else outside of the favorite and, 
you got to keep it simple. Like the old saying is, you know, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. So sometimes like I, I look at it and I, I don't know if I'm, if it's worth the gamble and that's what we're all doing here. I don't know if it's necessarily worth the gamble going against Frank's Rockette, Mott, Alvarado came out of the break uh, down at Gulfstream Park, one by eighth lengths for Junior Alvarado. Um, yeah, I, I just, I'd be surprised if Frank's Rockette if she didn't win the race on Saturday night. So my destiny's won five of her last six races. You don't think yeah. that's putting two bucks against Frank's Rockette? No, no, I'm not saying that. That's why I was asking you if you like it. I like because, like, you go to the track, and sometimes you just play long shots. Whether you play long shots and we'll get into some betting the names, whether you always bet the gray horses, whether you, you bet the fillies against the boys, whatever it might be. I'm just asking you, how much do you like my destiny? Do you like two and two, or do you like 20 to win? Like, and there's a discernible difference between the two. This sure is. I like 20 to win. There you go. Let's go. My destiny Saturday night. Right. Gate scratch. <laughs> Vet scratch. Vet scratch. I meant scratched at the gate. <laughs> yes, exactly right. Uh, the 10th, the last leg of the late pick four at Churchill is a main event. Uh, not a big purse. Not a, an overly exciting race. But what do I say a lot about these races? When it comes to a pick four or pick six, they put in a race with a relatively large field that gives you no easy options. So you're going to have to pretty much either take the field or have a really strong opinion on one horse. And typically the answer is bet the field. Um, so it was hard for me to come up with a horse, but I do like somebody based on some really easy handicapping tools. And I landed on Tiz 2020, 7-2 on the morning line. First off, ridiculous dropping class. This horse goes from a maiden special weight of $123,000 to a maiden claiming race of thirty. Mike McCarthy, good trainer. Luis Saez, top rider. And this horse showed speed in his debut. Uh, you know, fell back. But a horse that has speed against... This horse has speed, adds Lasix against Lesser. I think it's a very logical play. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't fault you. I had a hard time finding somebody... Um, it's a tough race to find somebody that you absolutely love. Is that easy? To, is that fair to say? That's more than fair. All right, so it, it's tough to look at the past performances of some of these horses and be like, ah, yeah, you know what? I'm all in. Um, I like your mindset where you're going for, you've seen a lot of these horses in this race run a number of times, and you're going for a horse that, a son of hit, uh, you know, a son of tis now, you mentioned it, adding Lasix, dropping down, good solid human connections in McCarthy and Luis Saez, um, and thinking that your potential there is you're going to get uh, the best of Tiz 2020 on Saturday night. Yeah, fair. I, I'm I'm going to use them underneath. I landed on a horse that I mean it's it's got to look better than it did in its last race at Turfway Park uh, in a maiden special weight event with Joe Talamo aboard, where he finished 11th by 26 and a half lengths. I went with uh, I went with Kansas Comet uh, three to one on the morning line. Dale Romans trains uh, coming into Churchill Downs. Um, you look at it. This horse, they bought this horse September of 20 at Keeneland for $600,000. It's a son of Uncle Mo. Um, it's his fifth race of his career. Uh, hasn't really had any modicum of success up until this point in time. You know, ran six, ran third, but, you know, sandwiched in between 11th place finish and 11th place finish. Um, you know, it's been bet the last two starts, five to one, four to one. 
I don't think he's meeting much in this final race at Churchill on Saturday night. So I think whatever you're going to get from Kansas Comet, um, and you haven't gotten much up until this point in time, that's where I sided. This one's a two across the board. Um, you know, he's three to one. It's not like you're getting 10 to one or 12 to one or 15 to one, but that's where I landed on Saturday night at Churchill Downs. I went with the eight Kansas Comet. Now, if you're one of those, I only bet the names people and you're a Jacksonville Jaguars fan, you definitely are looking at the outside horse T-Law. Yes, you are for Trevor Lawrence, 20 to one for Loveberry and Beckman. (laughs) Out of go sapper. They paid 70,000 for him. We'll see. We'll see if, uh, but no, I agree. This is an open race. If you were playing this pick four and you singled Frank's Rockette, will you just be hitting the all button in this race? Probably, yes. Yes, that's that's probably the way to do it. I agree with I you. I think, yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm like I said, I think it's, I like Kansas Comet the eight, but that's a two across the board. I don't love Kansas Comet. I have no idea what you could, like, you could look at this and you could have a horse that's 35, 40 to one winning this 10th race at Churchill Downs. Which is what you want if you're playing a pick four. Correct. And that's what you want if you single Frank's Rockette. That's exactly what you want. Now, if you're Monzo and you go Frank's Rockette, my destiny in that ninth race, then maybe you're going to pair back a couple of horses in that 10th race. But if you, if you single the mayor, Frank's Rockette in race nine, then you go all here and you, you sit back, relax, have your favorite libation and hope for basically complete and utter anarchy and uh, some horse coming down the lane that nobody has. uh, That's 85 to one to really build up and, and pay big in the pick fours. And what you do with that money outside of bet at Kentucky Derby is go to the bet rivers casino and play all the great gaming there. Now, Moose, I'm not going to ask you about Frank's Rockette or even the last race, but out of the seventh and eighth, you have a out of your picks, one stand out more than the other. Um, yeah, I mean, I I do like um, Nota Bene. Yeah, I I do have concerns about Nota Bene a little bit. I would probably say my best bet is Raggedy Sand, the five in race seven. I like your arguments. Yeah, I was fond of them. You were fond of my argument for Raggedy Sand. It was you were really you were locked in. You were bringing up good stuff, and uh, well, I you know how I loved Union Rags. I know. Listen, I you he just got I when he rode the rail in the Belmont Stakes. Oh, so good. I was you know I was thinking of you because I mean that was I mean I, I don't remember who I bet that race. It certainly wasn't Union Rags, but um, finally trying to think off. who did he, who did he catch down the stretch? It was Mike Smith on. Uh, yeah, it was. Um... It was a uh, it was a Baffert horse. Baffert speed horse. He led him up the rail. Yeah. Who was the horse? Julian Le Peru was on uh, Union Rags, right? Yeah. Uh, was it Le Peru or was Velasquez? No, I think they went to Velasquez. Oh, did they? Yeah, you're right. Le Peru blew it in the first. <laughs> yes, and they went to Velasquez. And I remember Union Rags looked awful the lead up because I was covering the race for SNY at the time, and I was out there and he was like sweating profusely. Like, oh, I got sweat- it. Who was it? Painter. Yes! I didn't look it up. We're on video. We're not that's recording a, That's video. a tremendous job, Monzo. Painter, that's right. And I remember talking to Smith right after the race. I was like, oh, yeah, what happened? He goes, uh, I just let him up the rail. I'll look back on that. I felt bad. I don't think, I think, yeah. It was not a great question I asked Mike Smith. Give me well, Smith also bad. had, that's that's the same year that Smith had Bodie Meister twice, right? And then lost, I'll have another down the stretch. My yes. right. That's a rough That's year for Mike Smith. <laughs> tough year for Mike Smith. <laughs> well, he ended up getting the triple crown with Justify anyway. Bodie so. Meister. Remember Bodie Meister entered the Derby that year with like uh entered the stretch in the Derby with like a seven length. Yeah. 
Yeah, call, and the call was great. Bodie Meister. I'll have another bearing down on him. And then yeah, shockingly retires right before the Belmont. Yeah, exactly. I know. That's exactly. As soon as drug tests get a little more complicated. <laughs> Dude, it's crazy. Unbelievable. But I only yeah, bet the names. The I only bet the names. We're going to pick some horses just by their names next, followed by uh, our top five as we're a week away from the Kentucky Derby. Betting the Ponies, Bet Rivers Network. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, guys, welcome back. Bet the Ponies, Bet Rivers Network. I only bet the names. We're picking some of the best names of the weekend, Moose. And I got a couple for you. Yeah. Uh, to me, they're left out loud funny. Um, so I'm looking forward to using them. I'll start here. Uh, the first one I'm going to go with this is Ch- Charlestown Race 8. BJ Moose. BJ. Wait a second. What? The horse's name is BJ Moose. What do you mean by that, Monzo? I got nothing. Seven to two on the one line. <laughs> I mean, I had to use it. I know. I know you had to use it. All right. Um, Seven to two. two. So I got four. I got I got four for you. I'll run through two since you've got two, and you'll give your next one. Yep. Gulfstream Park race four seven furlongs. Guardian Angel, mm-hmm. the number one three to one on the morning line, and then race eight. I don't even know who this is. Uh, five furlong turf race twenty to one on the morning line. Number one, Novgorod the Great. Mm. Sounds like a now, Ghostbusters, you know, bad guy. That's exactly right. Novgorod the Great. Oh, my turn. Okay. Uh, Golden Gate Fields, race four. I think we uh, we can relate to this. Five to one on the morning line is Dad Bod. I can relate to that. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yes. Santa Anita, race one on Saturday, mile on the turf. Number five, New York Dreams. Five to one on the morning line. New York Dreams. Yeah, I think the Rangers are having some of those. Oh, my God. Just terrible. Race eight at Santa Anita on Saturday, mile and eighth on the turf. We just got done with tax season, 12 to 1 on the morning line. Uh, the number one, explain this audit. Explain this audit. I saw your write-offs. You might have to do that. Uh, anyway. <laughs> stop, dude. <laughs> All right, so my two. Charlestown Race 8, BJ Moose, 7 to 2 on the morning line. Golden Gate 4, Dad Bod, 5 to 1 on the morning line. Beautiful. I love it. I went with uh, Gulfstream Park Race 4. Uh, the number one Guardian Angel, three to one, race eight at Gulfstream. Novgorod, the great 20 to one on the morning line. That's the number one. Santa Anita, two there, race one, number five, New York Dreams, five to one on the morning line, race eight. Uh, number one, explain this audit, 12 to one on the morning line. Next week is the Kentucky Derby as three year olds enter the gate, 20 of them at Churchill Downs. Very excited about that. We'll give our final top five before we make our picks next week, betting the ponies. Bet Rivers Network. You're listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network. All right, Moose, we are a week away. We've given our top five a few weeks ago. Uh, I have removed a few. In fact, I've thrown one out. Disarm, gone, goodbye, see you later. Uh, I might even, uh, you know, I, I was so wrong about that horse, and it's going to bother me. Watch him win. Uh, but this week, we are releasing our final top five before making our picks next week for the Kentucky Deer Rumors. And we'll start with my fifth horse. Uh, this, I, I'm not, I, I think you're going to get a big price on this horse. You know, for Brad Cox, Jace's Road. 
uh, a horse with a lot of speed. Jace's Maybe, Road. Jace's Road. Five, uh, you know, you might see. Uh, uh, you know, he's in your top five right now. He's in my top five. Yes. I'll tell you what. Here's the thing about this Kentucky Derby. I feel like it's Forte, Tappet Trice, and then everybody else, and then you can make arguments for anybody. So. To me, you can you can look elsewhere. I, I think it's those two horses, and then a you know a very distant to number three. So that's why I think this Kentucky Derby is really fascinating because you can hook Forte. Let's say he goes on with five to two and wins with a bomb shot that, like you said, is valued just because of that day. So that's why I think Jace's Road, who might be the speed horse of this race and can break you know break on the front end and and you know. All you have to do is look at the trainer. You know, Brad Cox has his horses ready, whether they're two to one or fifty to one. So uh, I think Jace's row is going to have some value. I'm going to use him underneath, and right now he's my fifth-rated horse for the Kentucky Derby Moose. Yeah, I went with verifying. Um, ran in the bluegrass. I got out outdueled in the bluegrass by Tappet Trice down the lane. Uh, easily could have won the race. Um, I think we'll bounce forward, or I think we'll. I wouldn't say bounce uh, because that. It kind of uh, doesn't really make much sense. But I would say improve off the bluegrass effort. Uh, toughened him up a little bit. Um, trained by Brad Cox. Verifying is in my top five. He's fifth on my list. Yeah, number four for me is verifying. Brad Cox, everything you just said, I think he's going to get stronger as he uh, moves on here. Training really well going into the derby. Um, like I said about Jace's Road, Brad Cox has his horses ready, whether the 50-1 to one or 10-1, to one, and verifying is going to be right up there. Yeah, four on my list. I'm going to go to the Japanese bred Derma Sodagake. Uh, coming over, ran really, really well uh, in the UAE Derby and Maidan uh, on uh, Dubai World Cup undercard. We've seen horses have some success coming out of that race. We've seen others fall flat on their face. I think Derma Sodagake, and the thing is about Japanese horses, they're winning big races all over the world. It's just a matter of time until you get um, a Japanese bred horse that, that wins the Kentucky Derby. I think, even though I don't love his breeding, um, love his sire. Uh, we were talking about this a little bit before the race. Um, mind Your Biscuits. Yeah, thank you. Mind Your Biscuits. Who uh, Mind Your Biscuit, who we, we bet religiously here when he was running races, running the sprint races on the Naira circuit and was honest as the day is long. Um, do, love the, do love his sire. I don't know. I don't know if he necessarily can get the distance. I do believe, though, that he's coming here with a shot. Um, and I do think that Derma Sotogake is a horse that deserves to be in the top five. That's why he's in my top five. Yeah, Derma Sotogake is my third horse. And I think, you know, I've seen a lot of people this week ripping his works. He looks like he's really pushing uh, to get this horse going. I don't know. It's just a workout. It doesn't bother me. You see what this horse does when he races, and you know what they're doing uh, to keep these horses fit. Uh, to have these horses running. And like you said, it's tough to make predictions on a race before knowing post positions. But, you know, I, I think this horse has just as much of a chance as anybody else. And like you said, it's just a matter of time before one of them comes over here and wins this race. Yeah, I'd go three on my list. i go to Angel of Empire, uh, the Arkansas Derby winner. Nothing not to like. There really isn't. Uh, turn of foot, the ability to sit just off the pace and finish. Human connections are solid. I think there's a lot to like. And I think Angel of Empire is going to be one of those other ones that you mentioned outside of Forte and Tappet Trice. I think there's going to be a lot of love for Angel of Empire when we get closer and closer to the Derby next Saturday. My number two horse. And look, I'm telling you, this is going to be as we get within a week of the race and we go through 
the, the post positions and we go through watching endless race replays, uh, bouncing these two back from one and two. Uh, right now, number two is Tappet Trice. He could easily be number one next week. Uh, the more I watch his races, the more that I, I really appreciate Luis Saez putting him much closer to the pace last out. Um, I think he's going to be a handful. Uh, and I think he might be the most talented in this race. Um, Tappet Trice, number two. Very close with Forte, who's obviously going to be my number one pick. But it's those two. Right now, I have Forte one, Tapich Rice two. And I, I'm yeah, going to I mean, we, we have the top same two. I think most people would when you look at Tapich Rice and Forte. The only concern I'd have for me is Tapich Rice is um, the trip he gets. Uh, I think the post position draw is going to be a key. Uh, very, very difficult horse to ride. You have to constantly be nudging on him throughout the course of the race. Uh, in order to get the best out of him. But the thing you'd say about Tappet Trice is you know he's going to be finishing. I mean, that's it. Son of Tappet. You know the mile and a quarter will suit him. You know that as the distances get longer, if you look ahead to the Belmont Stakes a mile and a half, Tappet Trice is not going to be one that's going to be going backwards. He's going to continue to be moving forward. I just worry and get a little concerned about the trip because of his lack of early foot. And then you get to number one on the list, and that is Forte, last year's two-year-old champ, last year's Breeders' Cup juvenile winner. Nothing not to like. I understand the Florida Derby was a little bit more interesting than many people thought it was going to be, but still was able to outfinish Mage down the stretch in the final 16th of a mile to win it and and won it by a, a length and a quarter. So Forte, he's done nothing wrong. The only criticism of Forte is, has he necessarily gotten faster as a three-year-old as compared to what he was as a two-year-old? That's the only criticism. He can win in a lot of different ways, but Forte is well worth being, you know, getting the love that he gets and being, uh, you know, the morning line favorite going into Derby Day. We'll have a much more extended podcast next week, looking at all the great races on Saturday Churchill. Kenny, Kenny Peck, Peck is going to join us. Great. Kenny will join us, and we will go through each race. I mean, we'll go through each horse in the Kentucky Derby. That's 20 get ready for post time. Uh, and Kentucky Derby. Really excited about it, Moose, and good luck with all your picks this weekend. I hope you have $1,000 on... on uh, Raggedy Sands. Well, I was going to say Frank's Rockette. Well, Frank's Rockette's going to be one to five. That won't do anything. How much are you going to put on BJ, Moose? BJ, Moose, I, I don't know. Not much. Not much. My wife asked me the other day, she goes, how come everyone around you when you're betting races, you win, you win like a couple hundred bucks, but then people around you win thousands? I'm like, no, that's a great, that's a great question. Um, I don't really have a great answer. Well, hopefully next week. <laughs> You will finally hit that $1,000 mark. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. Maybe I will. All right. Listen. Hop oh, on. Mons, I love you, brother. This is all, I love doing the podcast with you every week. I Hopefully Let's. everyone out there is enjoying it. I was happy last week. I actually contributed. Pandicapped and picked a couple winners. That was nice. I was, I was proud as a peacock. Uh, like I was really excited. Well, listen. Uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Listen. Subscribe. We appreciate it. Uh, let's go Rangers. Let's get a win here. And uh, Moose, good luck, and we'll see you next week. See you guys. Thanks for listening to Betting the Ponies on the Bet Rivers Network.